Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron, and I am one of your hosts today. There's another host that is joining me, Daniel Sun. Hey guys, what's up? Now real quick, before we start today's episode, I just want to say that if you would like to support the show, then there's a few ways that you could do that. One of the ways is Patreon. Each week, we release a Patreon-exclusive episode that only Patreon supporters can get access to. To sign up, it's only $5 a month, which is only 16 cents a day. Not only do you get an extra episode per week for that $5, but you also get access to our entire back catalog of past Patreon episodes. In total, we have over 137 extra Patreon episodes, which is a lot of extra hours for your listening pleasure. So to see this full list of past Patreon episodes, just go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, click on the Patreon Episodes tab, and that will take you straight to our Patreon, where the entire list of previous episodes are located. Also, today we added another Patreon-exclusive episode, which is over the Catholic Church abuse scandals. It's where we discuss how over the past seven decades, trusted leaders of local communities worldwide were targeting vulnerable children and how it was all being covered up. So you get access to that episode as well as all of the others for just $5. Now, if you can't afford a Patreon membership, but you want to help us out, then you can leave us a written review on iTunes or on Spotify, and that helps us out a lot. However, don't feel pressure to leave us one. If you don't want to, then that's fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, ghosts, Illuminati members, underground lizard people, whoever or whatever you are to enjoy the show. And that is the end of the announcements. So today's episode is over Balenciaga. Now how this episode will go today is that we're going to talk about what is Balenciaga and then we'll go into a little bit of history about the company itself and then we'll go into the recent controversy where we went extremely deep into. I mean, we spent hours and hours in this topic just finding more and more things that were absolutely disturbing. And then after that, we go into strange facts and findings and then theories, and then, of course, wrap everything up with our own personal thoughts and theories. Also, before we start this episode, I just want to warn you that what you are about to hear involves the apparent abuse or sexualization of children. So if that bothers you, you might want to skip this episode. Also, another thing, I just want to say that me and Dan, we are not telling you what or how to think. We are just reporting to you the facts about the topic so that you can do your own additional research and come to your own conclusions. Okay? That's just our statement right there so we don't get sued by Balenciaga. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so with all that being said, let's get into today's episode. In early November, a popular fashion brand posted photographs of a new ad campaign for their upcoming holiday gift collection. These photographs contained various children holding teddy bears who were adorned with harnesses, cuffs, and other types of sexual bondage attire. Only a few days later, these photographs were posted on Twitter 
and the fashion brand and its photos went viral. Many individuals were disgusted and they decided to start looking into their previous photo shoots. What they uncovered was multiple photos that contained hidden Supreme Court documents regarding child pornography, books that contained artwork that had children mutilated, and many other vile things. This is the Balenciaga Controversy. All right. So to start this episode off, we first need to discuss what Balenciaga is and talk a little bit about the history of the company. And I know this sounds boring, but please just stick with us here because it doesn't take long and then we will hop right into the controversy that's surrounding them along with all the other weird things that we found while digging into them. So Dan, do you want to start this off for us today? All right. So what is Balenciaga? Well, Balenciaga is what is called a haute couture, as well as a luxury fashion house, and it was established in the early 1900s by Cristobal Balenciaga. Now, Aaron, do you know what the hell a haute couture or a luxury fashion house is? I have no idea what a haute couture, <laughs> what, the, what the hell that is. What is it? All right. I, of course, had no idea about fashion of this caliber, so I had to look up what the hell those terms meant. So haute couture literally translates to high sewing. So people in the fashion industry use this term as a way to refer to the highest standard of made-to-measure garments worldwide. So in simpler terms, these clothes aren't ready to wear. They are specifically made for each person that orders it. Now the term luxury fashion house is the term used for a brand that creates and markets high fashion clothing and accessories, which are supposed to be trend-setting, limited in quantity, and extremely expensive to purchase. So there you go. What couture. All right. So that's what Balenciaga is. It's basically a store for rich ass people to shop at. Now, in regards to the history of Balenciaga, we aren't going to go super deep into it. We're just going to tell you about a few important details of the company. So like Dan said, after Balenciaga himself founded his clothing line in 1919, his fancy designs started to get noticed by members of royalty, such as the Spanish royal family. Shortly after that, the Spanish Civil War broke out, and most of his customers and clients were either fighting or they left. Due to this, Balenciaga was forced to shut the doors of his business and relocate to France. Once there in France, Balenciaga decided to reopen his shop, but it took him a little while to get everything back to the way it was, which finally happened in 1937. It was at this time that Mr. Balenciaga decided that his brand would turn the world upside down with his new women's fashion designs, and he stated that they were super unique and one of a kind. And he was right, because these designs ended up catching the eyes of some very famous women, such as Jackie Kennedy and Pauline de Rothschild. Following this, Balenciaga kept releasing new clothing designs that revolutionized the fashion industry. Then in 1968, Balenciaga decided it was time to retire. Only four years later, on March 23, 1972, Balenciaga ended up passing away. Following that, for over a decade, the brand Balenciaga just sat there. It laid dormant, and nothing really was done with it. However, in 1986, Balenciaga was purchased by the Bogart Group and reopened. 
Michelle Goma was then appointed to be the designer of women's ready-to-wear clothing, which, I mean, this ready-to-wear clothing was the opposite style to which Mr. Balenciaga had originally opened up his brand as. Five years later, Goma is replaced by Themister, who then goes to work on bringing it back to its original high fashion status, which he only worked there for six years, not because of his bad clothing designs, but because of an incident that had occurred. So during his AW97 fashion show, Themister played the music so loud that the entire audience got up and left. <laughs> the designs were supposedly great, just the music was just way too loud that people just couldn't sit there and enjoy the show. So following that fashion show, Balenciaga was then sold to the Caring Corporation. So this Caring Corporation is a French-based corporation, and it actually owns quite a few other high-end fashion houses, such as Gucci, uh, Alexander McQueen, and a whole lot more. Since then, there have been multiple different creative directors for Balenciaga, and a ton of celebrities that have been featured in photo shoots, which has grown the brand dramatically. Balenciaga has become one of the biggest luxury brands in the world and in 2019 earned over $1 billion in revenue. And there you have it. That is what Balenciaga is and a little bit about the history of how it was created, which this leads us into why we're covering Balenciaga this week, the recent controversy, which I'm sure if you've been on TikTok or Facebook or any social media, you have seen individuals talking about this. So, Dan, do you want to start it off for us and tell us how this controversy all started? All right. So the entire controversy that everyone is talking about all started a few weeks ago in the middle of November. Around this time, Balenciaga released a new line of holiday gift collections, which included champagne glasses, studded pet bowls, and teddy bears. Balenciaga also released photographs to showcase these new items. Now, many of these photos had children holding teddy bears who were adorned with harnesses, cuffs, fishnets, and other type of sexual bondage stuff on the teddy bear itself or sitting on the bed that the child in the photograph was standing on, which we do have two of those photographs, and we will have them on our website for anyone that wants to take a look at them. It is theoriesofthethirdkind.com. You can go there, just click on today's episode, and we will have these photos. And the first photograph is that of a little girl around the age of, I would say, four, four to five. And she's wearing Balenciaga clothing, standing on a couch, and she's holding a purple teddy bear that has a leather harness. A leather harness that is very similar to the bondage type stuff. That people use. She looks very scared in that photo. Yeah, she does look scared. And then the next photograph we have is of another child, except this one is standing on a pink bed, and the child is wearing what looks like all black Balenciaga clothing with a label on the left upper hand side. This child is also holding a teddy bear, but it is a white teddy bear that is also adorned with leather, I guess it would be leather bondage equipment on it. And then on the bed laid out looks like multiple other bondage stuff and sunglasses and jewelry and other things like that. I believe that these teddy bears were supposed to be like backpacks. Oh, okay. So shortly after these photographs were published, a popular YouTuber named Shoe On Head 
ended up going on Twitter and published a tweet that said, and I quote, the brand Balenciaga just did a interesting photo shoot for their new products recently. And then Shoe on Head also attached multiple photographs of this photo shoot, which is of the girls that we just talked about holding the teddy bears. Following this, individuals on Twitter started looking at the photographs from this holiday gift collection and noticed that they were very odd and inappropriate. Most of these photographs had children in them. Also, in another photograph, it showed a model holding up one of these teddy bears dressed in the bondage gear. Now, this model was not a child, but this model did have makeup on to make it look like they had been beat up, which that led a lot of people to speculate that Balenciaga was glamorizing violence against women. So we do have a photograph of that model who looks like they're beat up and uh, who's also holding the teddy bear. Of course, we'll have that one on our website along with all of the other pictures that we referenced today. Okay. So shortly after these individuals on Twitter saw these three photographs, they started digging into other photo shoots that Balenciaga had previously done. And this is when a lot of people started finding a ton of weird things. And this entire controversy ended up going viral. And that's pretty much the summary of what has been going on with Balenciaga. But the story does not end there because just like every week, we ended up diving down this rabbit hole and tried to see what strange facts and findings we could uncover about this topic. And that's what we're going to get into right now. So, Dan, do you want to tell us about our first one? So our first strange fact and finding is about additional things that individuals found in other ads or photographs from Balenciaga. So like we previously mentioned, after this entire thing went viral, individuals started digging into Balenciaga's previous photo shoots and what they found was pretty disturbing. So the first disturbing thing that someone found was a document, which Aaron is going to tell us about right now. So a little while back, Balenciaga collaborated with Adidas and they ended up doing a photo shoot together. Balenciaga then decided to post one of these photographs from that photo shoot on their website. So in this photograph, you can see a purse that was featured in the Adidas and Balenciaga collab. And under this purse are some documents. And of course, we do have a screenshot of this photograph from that Adidas photo shoot. And if you look closely in this photo, the documents that are underneath the purse, they are actually from a 2008 Supreme Court ruling. Now, the specific Supreme Court case stated that they examined if laws against the promotion of child pornography were in violation under the First Amendment. Ultimately, the ruling determined that offering or requesting to transfer, sell, deliver, or trade child pornography did not violate the First Amendment to the United States Constitution, even if a person charged under the code did not in fact possess child pornography with which to trade. When people found this out, that this specific court document was underneath this photograph, they were like, why the hell was it placed there for this photo shoot? It made no sense why it was there. If anything, they should have put like a written out friggin' uh, Balenciaga just over and over and over and over again. Yeah, but instead they decided to put this weird, sickening 2008 Supreme Court ruling. Oh, it gets worse. Because that right there is the first of many weird things that people began to notice. Aaron. What's the next thing that people started noticing? So the next weird thing that individuals spotted 
was again from a previous Balenciaga photo shoot. Now, in this photo shoot, there is a woman who is wearing, of course, Balenciaga clothing, and she is sitting in an office chair in an office with her feet up on a cluttered desk. And of course, we have that photograph as well. And on this desk behind her, there are a few books. Now, one of these books is called Fire from the Sky by Michael Borman. And we actually have it zoomed in so you can actually see that's the actual book that they have on there. And before we talk about the book itself, Dan, why don't you give us a little backstory about Michael? All right. So Michael was born in 1963 in Belgium. He is a famous Belgian painter and director who is often regarded as one of the most renowned and sought after contemporary artists of his generation. So you would think, okay, cool, an artist, it would make sense that they have one of his books up there. I mean, what's the big deal, right? Well, like we said, the book is called Fire from the Sun, and it contains a collection of Michael's latest artworks. Now, Dan, do you want to read us the description of that book about his artworks? Fire from the Sun includes small and large-scale works that feature toddlers engaged in playful but mysterious acts with sinister overtones and insinuations of violence. The children are presented alone or in groups against a studio-like backdrop that negates time and space while underlining the theatrical atmosphere that exists. Now, on the surface, that's pretty disturbing. But when you look at the artwork, it is way worse. So this artwork shows multiple naked children and toddlers covered in blood with their arms ripped off or legs ripped off. And they're standing in like this yellow room. And there's also these adults that are dressed in these like black robes or black outfits. And they're eating what looks like a bloody arm of a child. And uh, we actually have a photograph of that, and we'll have it up on our website, but we blurred out some things. But that book of his artwork is extremely disturbing, which is very weird that they have that up on a Balenciaga photo shoot. Yeah. And as bad as that is, it just gets worse. Because like we mentioned, there are other books on the table in the photo shoot, and the bottom book is called The Crewmaster Cycle by Matthew Barney which we have another zoomed-in photo so you can see it. Now, this book also contains photographs and drawings of the artwork from Matthew Barney. And the artwork that he did is about the male cremaster muscle. And I have to ask you, Dan, do you know what that muscle is? I do not. All right, well, the cremaster muscle, its primary function is to raise and lower the testes in response to temperature. So, you know, when you get cold, your balls go up, or when you get hot, they go down. That's what the cremaster muscle's primary function is. I did not know that was actually a muscle that does that. I didn't know it either. But there you go. The more you learn, you can mention that over Christmas dinner with your family. So, can you strength train that muscle? I have no idea. <laughs> My cremaster muscle's huge. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, that's what the title of his book is about, okay? And if you look up the artwork that's in it, it is extremely disturbing, to say the least. For example, one of the artworks is called I Die Daily, and it shows an individual laying in a surgical chair with a white towel over their face that has blood on it. The individual is also naked, with their legs open, 
and their penis has been cut off and it is laying there on the table. Standing above the individual are not doctors, but five individuals wearing suits, and they have the Freemason robes on. So we'll have that photograph on our website as well. What did you think when I showed you that, Dan? The first thing I asked was like, is that his... Ding dong? Ding dong on the table. You're like, yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah, his severed penis is just laying there right on the chair with him. So that right there is just a little taste of what his artwork contains and what's inside that book. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of other art pieces that are similar to that that are just as disturbing. And just a little knowledge nugget, that specific art piece that we talked about, the one that we have a picture of, the guy with his wiener cut off, I actually looked that one up and I found out that an individual named Christian Saveas, he actually purchased that artwork from Matthew Barney on December 8, 2003 which then that kind of triggered me into thinking, oh, well, who is this Christian guy? Which we ended up looking into him. And Dan, why don't you tell us about him? So this Christian fellow is a Norwegian businessman, investor, art collector, and donor. He is the founder and sole owner of Kistafoss, as well as the vice chairman of the board of the Kistafoss Museum. Now, the company Kistafoss AS that he founded is a privately owned investment company. They primarily invest in offshore companies that deal with international shipping, IT, banking finance, and telecommunications. There you go. That individual purchased that type of artwork. All you have to say is just privately owned investment company or international shipping. I'm just like, hmm. Yeah, international shipping, offshore shipping company, IT, banking finance, telecommunications, and they all trigger, you know, hypotheses inside your head. Anyway, all right, so there you go. That is about the book that was found in one of the photo shoots. And of course, following this, individuals kept on looking through these photos to try to find other weird things. And they spotted another one, again, in a Balenciaga photo shoot. Now, this photo was featured on Balenciaga's website, and it showed a model standing in an office wearing an all-black suit that was made, of course, by Balenciaga. In the background of this photo, it shows a plaque. And on this plaque, it has the name of John Philip Fisher. And, of course, we have those two photographs, the one of the model with the plaque and then another one of it zoomed in. Some started to speculate that this plaque was actually that of John Philip Fisher's, who in 2018 was charged with seven felony charges of criminal sexual conduct, including two counts of incest where he was accused of molesting his granddaughter since she was four years old until she was 16. Super disgusting, might I say. That is very disgusting. And, of course, this just kind of fueled the individuals who were looking into this to keep looking to try to find more weird things. So the next weird photo that individuals spotted was from a photo that was posted on Balenciaga's Instagram of a previous photo shoot. Now, in this photo, it shows a boy around the age of 7 to 8 years old who is wearing an all-black hoodie and all black pants, red shoes, and is standing in what appears to be a child's room. Now, individuals started looking more closely at this photo and noticed some very odd things. For example, on the ground, there is a roll of caution tape that instead of spelling out Balenciaga with one A, B-A-L-E-N, it is spelled out with two A's, B-A-A-L. And the reason that is weird is because ball 
is a demon that was worshipped as a god among the Canaanites in many ancient Middle Eastern communities. Now, back in the day, this culture believed that they had to appease this deity, and to do that, they often sacrificed children to it by burning them. And of course, we have that photograph of the child in the caution tape. And I know that this one may seem like a stretch, you know, based off of just the misspelling of the caution tape having two A's in it. However, if you look in the back of the photograph and you see the little white rabbit that's sitting on the countertop and you look to the left of it, you will see that there is a drawing of what appears to be a demon with horns and it looks very similar to that of the demon ball. And those right there are just some of the weird things that individuals noticed in the photo shoots that Balenciaga was posting on their social medias and on their website. So there you go. That's kind of like a summary of what was found. Now let's get into the next strange fact and finding, Dan. All right. So our next strange fact and finding is about social media. Now for this finding, we're going to jump back a little bit to November 14th, 2022 which was you know, a few days before this entire thing went viral. So on that day, Balenciaga announced that they would be deleting their Twitter due to Elon Musk taking over, in which they did indeed delete their Twitter. So almost a week later is when all of this stuff started coming out about them and their weird photo shoots, and this entire controversy started up, and everything went viral. People were posting what they were finding on Balenciaga's Instagram posts, as well as their website. And it was at this point that Balenciaga deleted all of their Instagram posts. It was shortly after that that Balenciaga decided to issue a statement on Instagram, which said, We would like to address the controversy surrounding our recent ad campaigns. We strongly condemn child abuse. It was never our intent to include it in our narrative. The two separate ad campaigns in question reflect a series of grievous errors for which Balenciaga takes responsibility. The first campaign, the Gift Collection campaign, featured children with plush bear bags dressed in what some have labeled BDSM-inspired outfits. Our plush bear bags and the Gift Collection should not have been featured with children. This was a wrong choice by Balenciaga. Combined with our failure in assessing and validating images, the responsibility for this lies with Balenciaga alone. The second separate campaign for spring of 2023 which was meant to replicate a business office environment, included a photo with a page in the background from a Supreme Court ruling, United States v. Williams, 2008, which confirms as illegal and not protected by freedom of speech the promotion of child pornography. All the items included in this shooting were provided by third parties that confirmed in writing that these props were fake office documents. They turned out to be real, legal papers, most likely coming from the filming of a television drama. The inclusion of these unapproved documents was the result of reckless negligence for which Balenciaga has filed a complaint. We take full accountability for our lack of oversight and control of the documents in the background, and we could have done things differently. While internal and external investigations are ongoing, we are taking the following actions. We are closely revising our organization and collective ways of working. We are reinforcing the structures around our creative processes and validation steps. We want to ensure that the new controls mark a pivot and will prevent this from happening again. 
we are laying the groundwork with organizations who specialize in child protection and aims at ending child abuse and exploitation. We want to learn from our mistakes and identify ways we can contribute. Balenciaga reiterates its sincere apologies for the offense we have caused and extends its apologies to talents and partners. So there you go. That is what Balenciaga posted on their Instagram in response to this entire controversy. And something else that we wanted to add to this is that the creative director for Balenciaga ended up deleting all of their Instagram posts and also posted this statement as well. And I think we should just mention, okay, I just want us to mention that Balenciaga is known for regularly deleting their Instagram posts. They do it as sort of like a social activism effort. But it seems like, in our opinion, that when it was done this time, it was more of a way to stop people from digging around and finding more weird things. But that is just our opinion, okay? Don't go suing us, Balenciaga. It's just our opinion from the facts that were presented to us, okay? All right, so there you go. That's the strange fact and finding about the social media posts. So let's get on to the next one, Dan. Do you want to tell us about it? So our next strange fact and finding is about the photographer of the most recent Balenciaga photo shoot, Gabriel Gallimberti. Now, who is Gabriel? Well, he is the photographer for the gift shop campaign, which was the most recent photo shoot by Balenciaga that contained the little girls holding the teddy bears that were dressed in bondage. So this photographer, Gabriel, stated that his photo shoot was inspired by his own photography series that he called Toy Story. Now, since this entire controversy went viral, Gabriel decided to post a picture on Instagram that contained his statement on the entire situation. So this post says, Following the hundreds of hate mails and messages I received as a result of the photos I took for the Balenciaga campaign, I feel compelled to make this statement. I am not in a position to comment on Balenciaga's choices, but I must stress that I was not entitled in whatsoever manner to neither choose the products, nor the models, nor the combination of the same. As a photographer, I was only and solely requested to light the given scene and take the shots according to my signature style. As usual for a commercial shooting, the director of the campaign and the choice of the objects displayed are not in the hands of the photographer. I suspect that any person prone to pedophilia searches on the web and has unfortunately a too easy access to images completely different than mine. Accusations like these are addressed against wrong targets and distract from the real problem and criminals. Also, I have no connection with the photo where a Supreme Court document appears. That one was taken another set by other people and was falsely associated with my photos. And that right there was his statement on the entire situation. Which shortly after that, the New York Times released an article that said the following. Balenciaga photographer says he's being lynched over bondage-themed campaign featuring children and claims the Spanish fashion house, aka Balenciaga, is responsible for the images, not him. Then it goes on to state that he is, you know, Gabriel is the target of the lynching and he had no creative control and that he's been featured at National Geographic 
He had zero involvement in a shoot containing the 2008 United States Supreme Court opinion that upheld a child porn law. And then he goes on to state that those photos have been attributed to an American photographer named Chris Maggio, who has yet to comment on the situation. And that's what the New York Times article said, which after we read this post, we said, hey, we got to look into this Chris Maggio. And when we did, this is when things got extremely weird. Now, before we get into that, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. So Chris Maggio is a photographer who lives in New York City and has worked with many different popular companies such as Apple, Adidas, Vogue, The New York Times, Balenciaga, and a lot more others. So when you go to his website and look at his previous commissioned work, you will find that he did a photo shoot in 2018 that was called Family Passport Photos, and it was for a magazine. And I just want to reiterate, this Chris fellow was the one who did the photo shoot with Balenciaga and Adidas that had the Supreme Court document in it about the child porn, okay? So when you go to his website and you look through his recent photo shoots, there's a specific photo shoot that he did for this magazine. And if you go to the website, the very top, it states, styled by Lada Volkova, which we thought, who the hell is this Volkova lady, right? So we decided to look her up. And we found out that she is one of the most prominent stylists in the fashion industry. She's worked with Vogue, Adidas, Balenciaga, Chanel, and many other popular fashion brands. Another thing that we found out is that Volkova was one of the top stylists for Balenciaga. So we decided to go to her Instagram and look at her photographs, and we noticed that there were a lot of weird images. For an example, uh, one of the images contains a bed, which looks like a child's bed that has blood all over it, and then there's blood all over the floor. You know what it looks like? If you watch the Dahmer series on Netflix, it looks like his bedroom. Oh, Jesus Christ. There's another photo that shows a little boy laying in a field who is disemboweled, which all of his you know, intestines are all hanging out of him. Another photograph shows an underage girl, looks like taped to a chair, who has her mouth taped shut and headphones over her ears and her legs are taped to the chair. It looks like she's being tortured. Yeah, she's being forced to listen to something. And there's... Another post that she made, which contained artwork that shows a child being pinned to like either a door or a wall or something in the shape of a Y with their arms in the air. Yeah. And then the next Instagram post is that of a little girl who's probably, I don't know, three years old going to take a bite out of an apple that has all these needles and pins and stuff sticking out of it. That's hanging from a string in the air. Yep. And then the next Instagram post is that of a toddler holding up a skull with a bunch of sigils all around the toddler, which those look like demonic sigils. I don't know, I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. You got to fact check me, okay? The next photograph shows a little girl in a leotard laying down on the ground. The next photograph after that is that of a little boy in high heels who doesn't have a shirt on and is kind of like in the twerking position, I guess. Mm, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So following that, there's just a whole bunch of other disturbing posts with her and these teddy bears. It's just very, very odd and disturbing photographs. And they 
remind me so much of the James Alephantis's photographs that we talked about during the Pizzagate episode. Oh, yeah. They definitely have a resemblance. So after we found these photographs, a lot of other individuals started finding them as well, and they began attaching this Volkova to the Balenciaga controversy, stating, hey, she's posting all of these weird images, and she's the stylist for Balenciaga. And almost immediately after she got attached to this controversy, she ended up deleting over a hundred of her Instagram posts and then made her Instagram private. However, we were able to take a screenshot of her Instagram that showed her account before she deleted the images and then a screenshot afterwards. So we have the proof that she deleted these photos on her Instagram, you know, and then made it private. So sort of like scrubbing her account. And we also have the photographs of all of her disturbing Instagram posts that have since been deleted. So November 27th at 11.29 p.m., she had 7,227 posts. The next day, November 28th at 2.07 p.m., she was down to 7,124 posts. She went in there and scrubbed all the images and made her account private. Oh, yeah, it does say private now. Damn. Yep. So there you go. We got that for you to go take a look at. Just go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, and you can see all of her posts and the proof that we have. All right, so that right there is the strange facts and finding about Chris, the photographer that did the photo shoot that had the weird 2008 Supreme Court document in it and his connection with Volkova, who is the stylist for Balenciaga. Now we're going to go into our next strange fact and finding, which is about collaborations that Balenciaga had previously done. So, Dan, why don't you tell us about those? All right, before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. It's our last one, so don't go nowhere. All right, welcome back. So this next strange fact of finding is like Aaron said. It's about a couple collaborations that we saw that Balenciaga had done in the past. So the first one that we're going to talk about is the collaboration between Balenciaga and Fortnite, which if you don't know what Fortnite is, it is a battle royale video game that currently has probably around 4 million active users, most of them being children. Yes, it is an extremely popular children's game. Now. With their collab with Fortnite, they release what they call skins in it, which is just like clothing to make your character look cool, which of course you have to buy with V-Bucks, I think it was. But then they also release clothing outside of the game that you could buy, which they were selling like hats, t-shirts, hoodies. But I guess you can't guess how much their hats were, considering it's Balenciaga. Uh, I'm going to say like 50, 60 bucks for their hats. That's pretty expensive. I mean, that is pretty expensive to us. But their hats were $395. Wait, hold on. Almost $400 for a hat? That son of a bitch better give me another brain for that amount. You can only imagine how much their hoodies were. $745. Hold on. And they collabed with a video game that children play. How do they think these children would come up with that type of money to purchase this merchandise? That's crazy. Gonna steal their parents' credit card. Well, hey. Here's the thing. You can go to our website and buy a hoodie for $50, or you can buy a beanie for $20. We're not selling them for $400 and $800. That's insane. And it, the quality of it didn't look that good. I watched a YouTube video on it, and yeah, the quality just wasn't that great. Mm. Anyways, moving on to the next collab, which is actually between the famous cartoon series, The Simpsons, which in this episode, Marge stated that she always, well, she never stated, 
It was her birthday. She was sleeping. Homer walks in, sees she was looking at a magazine when she fell asleep, goes to it, and she wrote on the page of a Balenciaga dress, someday. So Homer decided that, you know, he would send Balenciaga an email saying, you know, they don't have a lot of money, but if they could send him the cheapest thing they had, could have been a scarf, hat, something like that. They ended up getting the email and they're just like, what the hell is this? Send him the most expensive dress we have and send him the full bill. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So they sent him the dress and everything. Marge got it, was so excited, had it on. Then they saw the price tag inside the box. Way too expensive for them to afford. So, of course, Marge only wore it for a little bit, then had to return it. And then after they returned it, she like sent a sad letter with it. Like, thank you. We don't have a lot of money, but just to be able to wear it for that 30 minutes, you know, was like a dream and all that stuff. That's when Balenciaga's guy in there was just like, I have to save them. He ends up like going to the town of Springfield and pretty much trying to save them in the fashion sense. He's like, got to the town, was just like, this can't be it. But they end up having like this big fashion show and stuff. And some of the outfits were a little weird, but not too weird. But it was just, it was just kind of weird that they, I guess, collabed with the Simpsons of all. Well, you have to think about it. I mean, they collabed with Fortnite, right? And then they collabed with the Simpsons. What does that tell you right there? The demographic for both of those are children. I mean, I know a lot of adults still watch The Simpsons, but there are children who watch it, and mainly children play Fortnite. So that tells you they're going after the younger demographic to kind of like say, hey, this is a cool brand, you know, kind of like grooming them. I could definitely see that. But yeah, like I try to look into more of it, see if there's like any predictions, because you know how Simpsons are with their predictive episodes. Yeah. But I didn't see anything in there. And I have like a link to the, it's like a 10 minute clip of it. So I don't know if it was a full episode itself or just a 10 minute collab they did. Okay. We'll have that link up on our website for anyone that wants to go watch it. But yeah, that's honestly the only two I found that were kind of interesting. Okay. Now, I know you did this next Strange Fact and Finding, Dan. And it's something about racism, right? You want to tell us about it? So going through like old articles about Balenciaga, trying to find some dirt and stuff to talk about, I ended up stumbling upon an incident that happened in April of 2018. It was during the release of Balenciaga's Triple S sneakers event, which in uh, China, they're like the godliest of godly dad shoes. Did you say dad shoes? Dad shoes. Okay, so I guess they're popular among the youth? Kind of, yeah. Okay. So during this Balenciaga Triple S sneaker event, a young Chinese man was what is quoted as being roughly handled by a security guard at a Paris shopping mall. And there was a video posted online about it. This video went viral on Chinese social media platforms. And just the way they handled it, the Chinese were ready to start boycotting Balenciaga. Now, you're just like, all right, they're going to boycott it. What's that going to do? Balenciaga's like demographic on like who buys a lot of their merchandise. The Chinese are v- very high up there. Okay. So that ended up causing a huge fuss, but like Balenciaga didn't really do anything about it yet. It was until this uh, video went viral and a WeChat username, Paitsuzuli, posted the video with a long message that he wrote, which I'm going to read that real quick for you. All right. I am trembling with anger. Chinese people living abroad are always in the minority. I line up to buy Balenciaga's triple S sneakers every day and the French Albanians cut in front of me every day, but I can do nothing. Today, an old Chinese lady called out five Albanians who attempted to cut the queue. One of them pushed her away and threatened to beat her. Then the lady's son came to protect his mom and was beaten by them. A French security guard also came to stop the fighting, but only handled the Chinese guy. 
The chaos led to the cancellation of the sales event. It was really upsetting to see that those Albanians got shoes, while Balenciaga humiliated Chinese customers who lined up in the store. They asked us to leave and never come back to buy their shoes. Which, I have a short video of it. So instead of, you know, going after the people that actually caused the chaos and started the fight, they only targeted the Chinese. Which, mostly that you could just point out that that's probably the security guard, the shopping mall's fault. But that's when the Balenciaga management was just like, no, it was these, you know, the Chinese folk, they are banned from the store, they can never shop here again. So of course, that was released, people were outraged, they were about to start boycotting the store, then Balenciaga did release an apology. But it was like an apology of sorts. It says, The House of Balenciaga regrets the incident that took place yesterday morning at a department store in Paris while customers were waiting to enter its corner shop. The security staff acted immediately to restore the calm. Balenciaga sincerely apologizes to the customers who were present and reaffirms its strong commitment to respect equally all its customers. Well, that still didn't sit well with, you know, people because they didn't even like say who they were apologizing to. Yeah, it wouldn't sit well with me. So supposedly they, the next day they, had, they issued a longer apology. But yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. It was Balenciaga. Doesn't have anything to really do with the controversy now, but it kind of just makes me think of like how fast they actually reacted to trying to resolve that with how fast they reacted to resolve this controversy. Which took forever. Took forever. And then they deleted Instagram posts, which they state, oh yeah, we normally do that. But it's like, ah, you're doing it this time, in our opinion. Because you're trying to cover up something, but whatever. Now, there is one last strange fact and finding I want to mention. Oh, is it the one that you found earlier today? Uh, it was last night. Last night I sent you a link on Reddit. And I just want to mention this real quick because it literally has just came up that people had just found this out. So yeah, this was posted like less than a day ago. And it states, CEO of Balenciaga's parent company owns an auction site selling child sex mannequins with erect penises, vaginas, and anuses instead of mouths or noses. So this post, it states that the CEO who owns Caring, which is Balenciaga's parent company, right? The owner of it actually owns Christie's, which is an art auction site. Now, if you search Jake and Dino Chapman's on Christie's, you will find numerous mannequins made by them which feature nude children with erect penises, vaginas, and anuses. You will also find a VHS pornographic film where two pornographic actresses have sex with a severed adult male mannequin head with an erect penis for a nose. It also states that the CEO owns some of the Chapman Brothers' artwork, but there's no indication he owns the child mannequins. So yeah, that just came out um, really weird. I mean, there's people are finding things out. It seems like hourly now about the Balenciaga situation. This is becoming what I like to call fashion gate. Everybody's talking about it. It's very odd and weird. And they're saying, oh, you know, it's our bad. We didn't mean for this to happen. But it's like something else is going on behind the scenes. And not many people are talking about it. And that sort of leads us to the theories about this entire thing. So we talked about what is Balenciaga, the history of it. And then we talked about the controversy and then the strange facts and findings that we have found out so far about it as of November 29th, 2022. Now we're going to talk about the theories as to what this could be. And I just want to reiterate that these theories are just theories and they are mine and Dan's opinions. Okay, don't go suing us. 
and some of the opinions of people that are investigating this stuff. So it's not all just us. Yep. All right, Dan. So why don't you tell us about our first theory? All right. So this first theory is pretty much the current theory on this all is that Balenciaga is part of a pedophile ring and these images are just a way to flaunt it in the public's face, showing the power that they have to show this kind of stuff and not suffer any repercussions whatsoever from it. The celebrities that are connected to this, like you got Kim Kardashian, Nicole Kidman, um, I think there's a few others. None of them have really spoke out on it. Kim Kardashian has, but reading her tweets, honestly, it sounds like someone from PR wrote that shit for her. But it just seems like the rest of them are just staying quiet. And there was one celebrity, she actually started deleting her posts that had anything to do with Balenciaga on it. But she hasn't said anything. She was just going through her Instagram and stuff, just deleting stuff. That right there tells me there's something going on here. Otherwise, people would just call it crazy conspiracy, right? But there really is something deeper here that is trying to be covered up and hid from the public, in my opinion. No, it, it really does. And you figure this would be a really hot topic about it. Like this would be all over mainstream media and stuff like that. But I don't think it really has been covered that well. There's only been a couple of them. And honestly, a lot of those sites that have covered it or news stations that have covered it, not many people are going to believe because of their reputation. Yeah. But yeah, just, and honestly, it just shows like the power they have over celebrities, I think, because you figure most of them would speak out about it, but they're not really saying anything. So it's like they know they can flaunt this power that no one's going to be able to do anything against them and that sooner or later this shit's going to blow over and it's going to move on. Yeah, it seems that way. All right. So let's get into this next theory, which is called publicity. So this next theory, it's, it's a short one, okay? It is just that Balenciaga is purposely doing this behind the scenes as a way to get media attention to their brand. I mean, part of me wants to believe this, but then again, they're kind of like distancing themselves away from this situation, Balenciaga is, if you look at their statements. So it's not really a way for them to get attention to their brand, because if it was, they would be owning up to it rather than passing the blame over to other individuals. I mean, yeah, they accepted the blame somewhat. I, I mean, I personally don't see this one, but it is a theory that some individuals think is happening with this whole controversy. That would mean like bad publicity is still good publicity. Yeah. You take Miley Cyrus for an example. Yeah, you're, you're kind of right about that. I can't argue that. Anyway, so tell us about this next theory, Dan. All right. So this next theory I call it the accidental friendly fire. You're going to have to stay with me on this one. Okay. So they thought that they could put these images in here and think that it would go unnoticed, but they didn't expect anyone to make a fuss over it because, you know, it would blend in or just like blend in with all the shit they do. But once the attention was brought to the images, people started looking at the other images they have posted and saw more of the same ideals, which in the end, it honestly backfired on them because I don't think they expected people to notice it so fast but what would be the purpose of them putting this stuff in the images or making these images it makes no sense honestly i think they did it just to see if they could get away with it i don't really think this is it but what made me think of this is disney subliminal messages they put in there like the disney castle with the erect penis in it oh yeah and then the that movie with the like the looks like the rats or whatever going down that roller coaster or not the roller coaster but the thing and some titties that come by Exactly. Pretty much they figured they could throw in stuff like this that it would go unnoticed as a fun little thing to do. Like an Easter egg. Yeah, but people noticed it way too fast. 
And they're just, now they're just like, our little inside joke got caught too fast. And mm. okay. now they're pretty much, it like backfired on them. It's not a solid theory or anything like that, but it reminded me of Disney, how they threw in stuff like that into their movies and stuff. And you don't notice it until way later. But this stuff got caught like, well, I mean, no one noticed the uh, court document or the books in the other photo until these photos came out. So it's like they were planting this stuff in there to see how long it'll take for people to notice or see how long they can get away with it for. And it's like, oh, they didn't notice at that time. Let's up it a little bit. What's this other theory you have down here that's called planted? All right. So this next one, I kind of spitballed on this one, just like the accidental theory one, but it kind of clicked a little bit. This theory is called planted. During these campaign ads, the material was actually planted by someone that had probably like a grudge or being mistreated at the company. The idea was pitched, but the person in charge actually made changes without notifying the higher ups about it. Because, you know, when you're like rushing to get stuff out and all that, people will pencil push stuff, not actually look it over. And they're just like, all right, it looks good. This person that had a grudge or been mistreated or something like that decided to add, like, say, the court documents. They pick certain books in there and they just like they made it look good. But then when you actually look into it, it's bad. And that they actually planted this stuff to give Balenciaga a bad rep. Okay, so sort of like a a disgruntled former employee or disgruntled contractor or maybe a another fashion company trying to ruin the reputation of Balenciaga so they can take up their market share. Because I just went on Balenciaga's website and there are some ugly ass shoes. Stand up and come over here and look at these shoes that are $1,250. They're sneakers. Over $1,000. Look at them. What are those? (laughs) These shoes are hideous. They're, they're soles. They're covering the entire shoe. It's exactly, exactly what it is. It looks like a tire on a car. And then you can put your foot on it. It's exactly what it looks like. Or like a motocross bike tire. They're ugly. and They're $1,250. But hey, you're going to have ultimate grip when you're walking with those. You ain't slipping on shit. You're going to go twist your ankle and you're still going to be moving forward. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, so let's get back to theory. So yeah, it could be another fashion company putting in a plant to do this. Or, hear me out on this theory. What if these stylists, these photographers, all of them have this, I wouldn't say cult, but this religion that they follow where they worship certain things such as sigils or suffering. and this suffering and sigils and all these other things give power to these deities that they've made these deals with, right? And they do these photo shoots and put these like little pictures of Bell in the background or changing this tape that to say Bell or Ball, right? Or adding these little Easter eggs as a way to give recognition to these deities that they worship as part of their religion. And the fashion brand overall, I mean, there's individuals that don't know about this because it's simply just with the stylists and the photographers. And they're all part of this big, I don't want to say demonic, but almost like a demonic type religion. And that's how they uh, worship their deities and their religion. Who was the lady from uh, Pizzagate that had the snake around her neck? Maria Abramovich. Yes. She's an artist that has done a lot of weird things and was involved with the Pizzagate scandal and all that. But this right here is called the Fashion Gate scandal. You're going to make a trend, Fashion Gate. 
It is. It's what it is. Fashion gate. But, you know, it started to make me think about the photographer as well. Gabriel Gambaretti or Gamberti. He distanced himself from it. But the Chris Maggio from the Adidas collab, who collabed with the stylist Volca, they didn't distance themselves. They just kind of like hid. I mean, maybe Chris Maggio was the one that wanted people to notice or something like that. But I don't know. Just the Gabriel guy. He distanced himself. He deleted stuff and all that. And then he's just like, I had nothing to do with the props or anything like that. But you still, you were there to take the pictures. You could have said no to the, taking the photos. They'd be like, hey, this doesn't look right. You expect them like, oh, no, you're going to take the photos or, you know, you're not getting paid. Well, I guess I got to take the photos. I'm pretty sure he makes enough money to where he doesn't need that because he works for National Geographic with his, most of his photos. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to our personal opinions. Dan. In your personal opinion, do you think this controversy is just kind of blown out of proportion and that uh, they didn't mean anything by it? Or do you think something more sinister going on behind the scenes? What do you think? I think that there is something more sinister going on behind the scenes and that these images and stuff is someone trying to make us realize what's going on. They're dropping hints in there, but not trying to be too obvious about it. But these last photos, they got caught. That's why Balenciaga and all of them started deleting all the photos and stuff. Because the other ones, like the court document one, that's a big one right there. And then like having the books and stuff in there, it makes you look more into it. But these other photos were just too obvious. Whoever was trying to drop these hints got busted. And I think a lot of people like the photographer, they're just like, I need to get away from this because shit's about to be blown up. I don't want to be involved. You know what? That made me just realize something. I think you're right. Instead of us looking at it as like nefarious, maybe it's actually somebody that's good that says, hey, a whistleblower, pretty much a whistleblower saying, "Okay, we're going to make these images this way. So people look into the fashion industry and realize what's going on, because if you remember back in the the film in Hollywood, right, there's a big uh, sexual scandal with Harvey Weinstein and these higher ups in the films abusing these children. And then they pretty much stopped all that. But when you think about the fashion industry, that could still be happening in the fashion industry. There could be kids that have been brought over from overseas used in these photo shoots for big fashion brands. And these high up executives are abusing these children. Don't these fashion shows like happen all over the world? Yes. So they travel a lot to do these shows and such. So, yep. In good Good excuse there to travel around the world. Say if there was child trafficking. I mean, they have an excuse, like their alibi is like, you know, here for the fashion show. Yep. Anyways, all right. Well, you have anything else you want to add to today's episode, Dan? I thought I did, but no. It's just, this shit's disturbing to really say. Like, As disturbing as this is, our Patreon episode is even worse. And I can honestly say it is worse. It is far worse. Yeah. So if you or a loved one have participated in a Balenciaga photo shoot or any other fashion photo shoot and have been abused or know someone who has, please have them reach out to law enforcement and get help. I just want to say when we're doing this episode, things are still coming out about Balenciaga. So whenever you do listen to this, just know that new updates are still coming out. So our episode might sound a little outdated at the time you probably listen to this. But this is what we found currently for this week. Oh, yeah. And we scrubbed deep into the interwebs. All right. 
So let's go on to our on the scene, which if you don't know what our on the scene is, it is where individuals from all around the world go and interview people the, on the sidewalks, street corners, it could even be themselves. And they give their personal opinions about certain happenings that are going on around the world. Now, anyone can do this. All you have to do is get your phone, make sure there's no loud noises, there's no music, there's nothing really loud going on in the background. You record the conversation, make sure it's less than two minutes. Then you email the file, the audio file, to Aaron at theoriesofthethirdkind.com and to Dan at theoriesofthethirdkind.com. And we will put it in line to play at the end of our show each week. All right. So for this week's On the Scene, we have Paige, and we're going to play that right now. Hey, guys, this is Paige from Oregon with On the Scene. I'm joined by my girlfriend, Mia, her sisters, Macy and Mandalay. All right, baby. Do you believe in Bigfoot? I do believe in Bigfoot. Big... What do you think Bigfoot is? I think Bigfoot is either a species. It's a species um, deep, you know, they're hiding. I think it's a species that's hiding. Or it's just a really, really hairy man. A hairy man? <laughs> yeah. Chewbacca? Yeah. All right. Macy. What's up? Do you believe that our government has ever made contact with an alternate reality? Oh, 100%. They yeah. have. They have. Do you think that that might have anything to do with Area 51 or any other oh, kind of yes, extraterrestrial technology? Yes, it does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you think uh, What do you think probably happened when they contacted this alternate reality? Do you think it caused a shift in ours, or do you think they just got information from that alternate reality? I think they got information from this alternate reality. Hmm. I think they definitely got information. Do you think that that could have been the cause of the Mandela effect? Oh, 100%, because that shit is 100% fucking real. Hmm. Mm -hmm. all right manda mm -hmm. so if you were ever contacted by aliens mm -hmm. what do you think the first question that you asked them would be mm. are you here to hurt us <laughs> here to hurt us yeah so you think it's you think that they're going to be here for like some war of the worlds tom cruise type of shit probably scary i hope not i hope not well I guess we'll find out here in the next 10 years or so, because that's probably going to be when they visit us. We'll see you guys on the next On the Scene. Love you, and I'm proud of you. I love you, and I'm proud of you, Paige. That's right. And I love the fact that there's, like, no background noise. <laughs> that was so amazing. Well, there was a little bit. Sounded like the girls were body slamming each other in the background. Oh, I didn't hear that. Well, these ears know, Dan. Anyway, thank you for the On the Scene this week, Paige. I love it, and I hope when the aliens do come, that they aren't here for nefarious reasons. We come in peace. Yeah, I hope so. All right, so to start this week's birthday shout-outs, our first birthday shout-out goes to Liz. And this birthday shout-out is from Sunshine, Wyatt, and Chad. And Liz's birthday is on December 6th. Happy birthday, Liz. I hope it's a good one. Happy birthday, Liz. Our next birthday shout-out goes to Dan Ralston. Ralston. His birthday was 11-25, so happy birthday to Dan. Happy birthday, Dan. Dan's have the best birthdays. All right, next birthday shout-out goes to Snuggy Bear Brandon. His birthday was on December 3rd, and this birthday shout-out is from his wife, Susan. So happy birthday, Snuggy Bear Brandon. Your wife says, hey, you know what? You go have a guy's weekend. 
and take my credit card. So congratulations, Brandon. Love you and proud of you. Nice. Happy birthday. All right. So this next birthday shout out is to Autumn and her grandfather who passed away already. Both their birthdays were on November 30th. So happy birthday to both of them. Hope it's a good one. Happy birthday, Autumn, and happy birthday to your grandpappy who's up in the sky just chilling, watching down over you. You. Happy birthday. Hope it's a good one. All right, so this next birthday shout-out goes to Jessica. She did not provide her birth date, but she did request that uh, her birthday shout-out be done Marilyn Monroe style. Happy birthday to you. You know, she does that, Mr. President, Mr. President. Okay, well, happy birthday, Jessica. Hope it's a good one, okay? Happy birthday, Jessica. I don't know the Marilyn Monroe voice, but happy birthday. Our next birthday shout-out goes to Tara. Her birthday is November 26th. So happy birthday to you, Tara. I hope I said your name right. Happy birthday, Tara. All right, so the next birthday shout-out goes to Ashley. Her birthday is on December 7th. She requested to sing... This is your birthday song. It isn't very long in Hogwarts style. Well, I hate to break the bad news to you, Ashley. I don't watch Harry Potter, and I don't think Dan does either. I've watched it, and I've read the books, but I don't understand what Hogwarts style means. Well, just go ahead and sing This Is Your Birthday Song. It isn't very long. I don't even know that song. It is your birthday song isn't very long. Never even heard of this before in my life. All right, well, since we just listened to it, uh, we'll go ahead and sing it to you, Ashley. This is your birthday song. It isn't very long. There you go. Hope it was a good one. Nice. Next birthday shout-out goes to Nina. Her birthday is December 2nd. So happy birthday to you, Nina. Happy birthday, Nina. Next birthday shout-out goes to Nick Lee. His birthday was December 3rd. Happy birthday, Nick Lee. Love you. So this is a birthday shout out to Jacob, whose birthday is on November 26th. It is a birthday shout out from Misha. She wanted to say that she loves you, hopes you had a great birthday, and that you're still a little bitch. <laughs> That's what she said. Take that, Jacob, you little bitch. Happy birthday, little bitch. <laughs> Happy birthday, you little bitch. <laughs> so the next birthday shout out goes to Bernadette a.k.a. Bernie. They did not provide a birthday. However, this one is from Jamie. They say, Happy birthday. I love you, and will you marry me? From Jamie. And I'm being dead serious. That is what was sent to us. So congratulations if you said yes. If you said no, sorry. Yeah. Good luck. Happy birthday, Bernadette, a.k.a. Bernie. The next birthday shout-out goes to Heather, whose birthday is on December 1st. The birthday shout-out requests for both of us to sing happy birthday in a beautiful duet. Happy birthday to you. That's it. Yeah. Love you, Heather. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. All right. So the next birthday shout-out goes to Zach and wife. Literally, Zach and wife. Uh, one of their birthdays is on December 6th, and the other's is on December 9th. So happy birthday, Zach and wife. Yes, happy birthday, Zach and wife. Such a beautiful name you have. Nice. Next birthday shout out goes to Faith Gomez. Her birthday is December 2nd. It is a birthday shout out from your boyfriend, Brennan. Happy birthday, Faith. Happy birthday, Faith. And he says you can buy whatever you want. 
All right, so the next birthday shout-out goes to Ivan Diaz. His birthday is on December 5th. And the person who submit this said, hey, I want you to give a nickname for Ivan. Anything goes. Who is that popular Russian who's a grand prince of Moscow? We're going to call you Ivan the Terrible. Okay, there you go. You got that title. Ivan the Terrible. Go look him up. He was like in the 1500s, I believe. Ivana slap you. Ivan, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Ivan. Next birthday shout out we have is to Manny Sanchez. Birthday is on November 30th. So happy birthday to Manny. Happy birthday, Manny. All right. And then our last birthday shout out goes to Edgar Martinez. Their birthday was or their birthday is on December 2nd. I would love to hear a birthday song from you guys. Dealer's Choice. Who's Edgar Martinez? Edgar Martinez. Edgar. Look at this Edgar photograph. It's the only one I have. I'm looking through your window at night. Watching you take a bite. Standing in your undies. I'm going to clap those cheeks tonight. Nice. Happy birthday, Ivan. Happy birthday, Edgar. Edgar. <laughs> Happy birthday, Edgar. Happy birthday, Edgar. And that is it for birthday shoutouts, I believe. Yep. And we have one more shout out we want to give, but it is not a birthday shout out. It is a wedding anniversary shout out. So on December 6th, it will be the 10 year anniversary of Steve and Jenny Brock. And they requested for us to say, I love you and I'm proud of you. And congratulations for making it 10 years dealing with one another. Okay? Most couples don't make it that long. This is true. Congratulations on that. Congratulations. I love you and I'm proud of you. Love you and I'm proud of you. Yeah. All right. So that's the end of our shout outs. And uh, I guess that's the end of the episode. I don't have anything to add for free talk or anything to talk about other than our Patreon episode. If you don't have Patreon and uh, you want to be absolutely disgusted with the mind blown and disgusted. Yeah, mind blown and absolutely disgusted with what has occurred over the past seven decades that has been pretty much covered up, then I suggest you go sign up to our Patreon. It's only five bucks a month. Yeah, it should definitely be brought to the spotlight. Ooh, I like that. All right, so with that being said, you got anything else you want to add to today's episode before we roll this out, Dan? I will never buy Balenciaga, because for one, I can't afford it, and two, ew. Yeah, ooh. Reminds me of the Wayfair stuff, man, which we did an episode over Wayfair. You can go look that up. Anyways, I want to thank you all for joining us today. And again, thank you for your support. You are amazing, every single one of you. So with that being said, Dan, you want to roll us out? Sure will. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you are not alone. <laughs>